Hello and welcome to the Apostolic Church Liverpool podcast. We hope the message you're about to listen to will inspire you, will be a blessing to you and give you perspective in life. For more of such messages, you can visit our website at www.tac-lona.org.uk You can also access other messages and resources from our YouTube channel, The Apostolic Church Europe. We hope you're blessed and inspired by today's message. God bless you. Here's the message. Um, We thank God for another opportunity to be gathered together in God's presence and to worship God together. Today, um, we've got a lineup of a few things, um, including, amongst other things, the uh, children presentation video um, and Holy Communion. So we'll try and be very snappy with everything so that we can still redeem the time as much as possible. Um, Our road track for today, we continue our series on the book of Jude. Um, and as said in yesterday's message, um, we are on verse 16 for today. The title is How False Teachers Operate. As of last week, we have gone beyond halfway of the book, and we did a review or a revision, if you will, of what we've done so far. So we are moving, if you will, to the second half of of the book. Um, And very soon it will shift from talking about the false teachers to talking about ourselves. Um, especially from verse 20. Uh, but before we get there, verse 16 gives us a few more things to note about these false teachers um, and how that we should avoid that in our own lives and also look out for people that display that as people to know how to relate with them. From the New King James Version, it says, these are grumblers, complainers, walking according to their own lusts, and they mouth great swelling words, flattering people to gain advantage. In the Passion Translation, it says, these people are always complaining. They are never satisfied. They are finding fault with everyone. They follow their own evil desires and their mouths speak scandalous things. They enjoy using seductive flattery to manipulate others. I mean, that's really clear. The objective again is to describe some more characteristics of these false teachers or apostates or evil men, all those different words that Jude has used for them um, in the preceding 15 verses, so that we can beware on the one hand, and on the other hand, so that we can also be reminded of the kind of persons we should not be. Um, there, are, there are just some things that are supposed to be identifiers for people that are not in Christ. Well, every now and again, even those of us that are in Christ could find ourselves giving expression to some of those things. Whereas rather than manifesting the works of the flesh, we are supposed to be displaying the fruits of the spirit. Um, So that's part of what we are trying to watch out for in today's um, lesson. By way of recap and introduction, we are reminded that Jude is calling his readers to be at a lot because some ungodly men have come into their midst with false teaching and with a lifestyle that is practically and obviously ungodly. He has likened them to very many examples from the Old Testament and some other examples from um, some other known Jewish literature of the time. But specifically in verse 16, it tells us more about the characteristics of these people in order to remind us 
remind his readers and us by extension of the sort of people that they are not to be and of the sort of traits by which they can identify those that are in their midst, but not with them, if, um, if that makes sense. So we move on to the key points from that verse that we've read. It says that they were grumblers and complainers. What's the difference between grumbling and complaining? And to grumble in a sense, or let's begin with the complaining aspect of it. It's, it's a common tendency to, to just want to spot what is not working, if, you, if, if, if that makes sense. Nothing ever satisfies them. They are always discontented. And specifically for these um, false teachers, they are discontented even with the gospel, such that there is the need for them to thwart the message to suit whatever um, things that they think people want to hear, even when that is um, being countercultural or counterproductive to the gospel itself. Complaining again is a common tendency in people who are out of touch with God. One of the ways you can begin to know, even as a child of God, when you begin to switch into complain mode, it's a sign that your fellowship with the Father is, is shaky. It's time to go back. It's time to return. It's time to, to trust again in God's grace to be able to see the value that God has placed upon your life that warranted Jesus, the, the only begotten Son of God, to come and die for you. Um, and that is one thing we must watch out for. Grumbling goes a step above that is an insult to the God who gives us all things. And we must never forget that whatever befalls us, nothing can separate us, nothing should separate us from God's love. That's a, that's a given. Um, and Paul did not just say that out of, in Romans 8, out of wanting to say something. He preceded, preceded it by saying, I am convinced. He had asked some rhetorical questions. What can separate us from the love of God? Then it comes to a point and he says, I am convinced that neither anything you can think of, be it in heaven or on heart or deep down, whether it is a force or a, or a person or, or an event or an incident, nothing can separate us from the love of God. And we need to come to that place of personal conviction as well. When you are there, grumbling cannot find a place. Because you know that come what may, you are in the safe hands of your father and you are kept and preserved by him. Then he goes on to say these are walking, people who are walking according to their own lusts. And that's understandable, it's predictable. When nothing satisfies them, then they are left to continue to chase whatever it is that they are chasing. And that becomes what drives them as opposed to being led, for instance, by the spirit of God. They are led by their own lustful desires. And like fools, they are moving down the path of destruction. May that not be our lot in Jesus' name. It goes on to say, they mouth great swelling words, flattering people to gain an advantage. In other words, they know how to use smooth, flattering words to get an advantage over other people. The Passion Translation actually says to manipulate people. They know how to coin words. And if you look today as well, I mean, the very many um, seeming expressions of false teachers that you could find, thanks or no thanks to the internet and social media, you would often see that they are graced with the ability to speak well. They are persuasive in their speech. They, they know what to say that would make what you have known to be called into question. And you begin to wonder where you stand. 
because they know how to how to use the words to get whatever it is that they want to get. They would say anything good or bad to get an advantage. Uh, and again, like I said, have you, have you noticed that most of these things that Jude was pointing out about them has to do with words, complaining, grumbling, flattery. They are all about the use of words. And these ones seem to be masters at using them, but we must be aware lest we beguiled or be deceived by their use of words in a way that might seem persuasive, but is void of the power of transformation and void of the truth. First Timothy chapter six, verse five, Paul writing to his son in the Lord, Timothy says, these arguers, their minds being warped by sin, don't know how to tell the truth. To them, the good news is just a means of making money. And then it goes on to say, keep away from them. The, there are some certain kind of people that as believers, the wisest thing to do is just keep away from them. You don't want to start getting into unnecessary arguments that you can never win because their own hearts and minds are made up for whatever agenda it is that they are hawking or selling. And so, um, to conclude, or before I read the conclusion, just to give us that personal reflection, can you count yourself free from the ways of these false teachers? And that's not to say you're a false teacher. Some of us complain every now and then. Some of us grumble sometimes. And some of us could be guilty of flattery or some exaggeration that are um, just untruthful. But then this is a call for us to also be reminding ourselves of the fact that there are just some things that are unbecoming of those that have claimed to, not even just claimed, those that, those that have truly encountered God, truly accepted the finished work of Christ, truly been born into the family of God. There is a lifestyle that is expected of us. There is, by their fruits, we shall know them. And complaining is not one of those fruits. Gumbling is not, grumbling is not one of those fruits. And flattery or deception, whatever that might look like, manipulation, is not one of those, those fruits. Before I read the conclusion, I don't know if there's any <clears throat> question, addition, contribution to that that anybody might want to add before we move on to the rest of the service. Yes, sir, Pastor. Go on, sir. I want you to talk about that in complaining, there is positive complaining and negative one. Is the positive complaining associated with this? What does, what does positive complaining look like to, in your understanding of positive complaint? What would that look like? What do you mean by positive complaining? Somebody can do something that is wrong. You complain to him that what he did is wrong. Is a complaint. That's not, that's not complaining. That's you are pointing out what someone has done wrong in order to bring correction. What word will you complaining use? Is, complaining is you are finding fault. Let's read um, just a couple other translations of that verse. I didn't read two other translations that could help us put it more in perspective. God's word translation says these people complain, they find fault. They follow their own desire, say arrogant things and flatter. In the easy to read version, it says these men are complainers who look long and hard to find the faults of other men. In other words, even where there is no fault, they will find something to talk about. So it's not just about saying something wrong and pointing it out so that it can be addressed. It is trying to make sure that whatever it is that anyone is doing is being talked down in a way that then 
makes it look like they've made a mistake. In other words, there is an agenda that is batting whatever they seem to be doing, and they won't give you a solution. In fact, if I thought they would give you the solution, the solution is that we are the ones that can do it best. We are the ones that knows how to act. We are the ones that are the masters. We follow us, follow our example, that kind of stuff. So if you are just seeing something that someone is wrong, doing wrong and you're genuinely concerned, it's part of our spiritual responsibilities, Galatians chapter six, verse one and two, that we must go and you see a brother in sin or a sister in sin that is doing something wrong. Bible says go, you that you are upright, correct him. But it says even as you are doing that, you are doing it knowing that you yourself you are also susceptible and vulnerable. And so you want to also be careful. And you're not coming from the eye hand of you've done something wrong, you've done something wrong. It could have been you, irrespective of the level you might have think you have reached. And that's how you correct in love. You correct knowing that I'm, I'm also a work in progress. You're also a work in progress. But this is obviously something that is wrong that maybe you don't know is wrong. Let's talk about it as brother to brother. That's not complaining. But if you are just always finding fault, finding fault, you didn't do it well this time. You didn't do it well that time. Nobody ever does anything well except you. Then obviously something is wrong because you are the standard and not the word of Christ as the case should be. Because with Christ, we will all fall short. I don't know if that's helpful. Yeah, 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 it is. The other one is the flattering. Yes, sir. I want you to go more on the flattering. Do we drop the word flattering and use deception because sometimes i hear people say oh i'm flattered because you're praising them for what they did that are good they say i'm flattered so <laughs> so those things that can get a little bit yeah i don't know can you can you come there again please yeah that's good uh, <laughs> uh the floor is open for anybody to chip in but if you look at the screen now the english river i mean easy to read version puts that as arrogant liars Again, flattering there is not just flattering in terms of you give someone a compliment that is you have good intentions, you are not having any ill motive, and the person receives it. Sometimes we say we are flattered only because we are trying to be humble. We don't want that your encouragement or encouraging word or compliment to get into our heads, and that's our way of saying we are humble. It's just a use of language. But in this case, the key word is manipulation is not just um, some random flattery they know how to use words to manip manipulate means you do things to get whatever results you want you many of us when we were in, in much younger even those that are students in secondary school now sometimes you get given assignments in textbooks that have answers at the back you don't know how to work the arithmetic you don't know how to work the question to the answer but you go and spy on the answer and then you manipulate the figures to arrive at the answer one way or the other. That's, that doesn't mean you know it. It's because you, you know what you wanted and then you know what is available and you worked it around one way or the other, whether or not it makes sense to get what you want. That's the kind of flattery we are talking about here. It's actually deception, like you said, it's lies. And even in, in this case, arrogant liars. In other words, they are doing it with a hopper hand. They are doing it from a place of authority. They are doing it from a place of knowing that these people are vulnerable, probably because of the influence that they carry, and they are using that to, to, to manipulate them. So yeah, that's, that's my thought on that. I don't know if anybody wants to add. Please, I just, let me, okay, so in the New Living Translation. Yes, please. Verse 16 says, these people are grumblers and complainers, doing whatever evil they feel like. Mm -hmm. Now, the latter part then says, they are loud-mouthed braggarts. 
and they falter or they flatter others to get favors mm. in return. So they do all of these things because they know that, okay, so say for instance, um, um, a prophet who knows that you are rich mm. and you come to his church or come to their church and they want to get something out of you. So they will formulate, formulate something together yeah. just to be able to get something for prayers that they are praying or, or um, whatever they have done for you. They just wanted something in return. Absolutely. So they have never actually done something for you because God, because God has sent them to you. They did it because they wanted to get a favor exactly. back. Yeah. Anything that does not favor them, they, they won't do it. You won't see them there. Mm. So anything that will not bring favor in return. So this, I think, is just saying to me, particularly, you know, saying to every one of us, and including me, mm -hmm. that, you know, we should watch out for the fact that, you know, whatever that we do for people, we don't get anything in return. We just, we allow God to be the rewarder. Exactly. So that's my own. Thank you very much, Ma. That's excellent. Looking at the time, so we'll run along. I'll do the conclusion. Complaining, grumbling, and deception. Let me not use flattery again because of Mayor's comments. And deception um, should not be associated with us. Neither should we be led by our own desires. Our prayer is that God will help us to be so rooted in Christ that we become unaffected by the deception of false teachers in the name of Jesus. And that these traits, these character traits that are associated with them will not be said or found of us in the mighty name of Jesus. To him be all the glory. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for your words this morning to us. We thank you for how you continue to just bring in different shades of emphasis from the lives of these apostates and false teachers to whom Jude wrote even as lessons that are applicable for us in our own present day. We ask, oh God, that you help us in our service, in our different units and departments, in our everyday life as ambassadors of Christ, at work, in school, in different settings where we find ourselves, to model the life of Christ in a way that is void of complaints, void of grumbling, void, void of flattery and deception in the name of Jesus. Thank you, everlasting Father, for in Jesus' mighty name, great. Amen, amen, amen.